Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you all had a blessed weekend. Hope you had a good time. We had a bunch of friends that we were able to hang out with for a birthday party over the weekend, took the kids out. They had a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoyed the Hagman Show as well on Friday. Went over a lot of current topics that were going on last week. Last week was a very strange week with a lot of things occurring. And this weekend, you know, I was going over some articles and looking at stuff, and I just had to laugh. And I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen this now, that the CDC has pretty much gone now and stated that essentially everything is back to normal from COVID, that social distancing no longer is recommended, that, you know, vaccinated and unvaccinated status are no different anymore, and that if you basically have been exposed, but you test negative, you still don't need to quarantine. And I started reading through it, and I just, I had to chuckle. I really did. I couldn't help myself. I just started laughing the more I read a lot of it. And I said, so basically what you're saying is the CDC is stating the same thing that we said the entire time, was factual, that there was no significant difference in any of the stuff that you made up. And what's interesting about this is, though, as the CDC comes out and says this whole thing, basically everything's back to normal, you don't need to worry about anything, you have the NIH and uh, basically the group over in the UK, excuse me, the NHS, which is basically the UK version of this, they have now reported in the Independent that they're going to do an all-out boost of capacity for what they expect is a busy, deadly winter. They go on to say here that basically with the looming combination of COVID and flu, the plan is to create thousands of more beds and thousands of new staffers to make essentially the hospitals more efficient. And then what's interesting enough about this, it goes into detail here, and it says, help our heroes on the biggest van- vaccination campaign in history. Be part of essential life-saving work for supporting the UK citizens. Now, what's interesting about this is you don't have to be a rocket scientist to look at the math. I told you guys just, what, two months ago when the Biden administration came in and they stated that they're giving a $3 billion contract for Pfizer on their bivalent COVID injection for the next round of Omicron transformer variant that they allegedly come up with, and that essentially they were going to run that contract all the way to $9 billion and up to, I think, 300 million doses of the Pfizer injection in the United States. I told you guys that there was something very, very sinister going on behind the scenes. Is this obviously, I'm sure, is a ploy to increase the profits of Pfizer. There's no way they can justify burning that much cash and buying that many vaccines. And if they're not going to attempt to do a massive, massive campaign in the fall in order to try to force everybody into getting another shot. So there's something very odd about this as the CDC is doing this, almost like they're coming in and trying to get everybody relaxed so they can come back in and state, well, we need to reinstate all these measures again. and Everybody needs to get this injection, just like the NHS is doing a full-blown – and they said – that's blatantly what they say here. This is going to be the biggest vaccination campaign in history. Well, I mean that's a pretty strong statement to make considering the fact the CDC is telling everybody not to worry about anything now because a lot of people have natural immunity. But again, what's going on behind the scenes? And you got to look at that and figure it out. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. At the same time, you have the article that came out from the expose, what, a week and a half ago I told you guys is the U.K. government admits 
that vaccinated children are essentially more likely to die and people that are unvaccinated are much, much likely to live when you look at their actual numbers. And considering the fact that that research came out and it was posted in the global research, uh, it's pretty, pretty odd. You know, you kind of look at it and go, what's going on with this here? Why in the world is the UK talking about a massive vaccination campaign, but their own research that has come out from the UK government blatantly shows you that the individuals that are dying and being hospitalized and contracting COVID again are almost invariably all vaccinated. One of the articles here, part of the research study that I was reading here, which is very interesting about it, it goes on here and we pull this up. It shows that the individuals in the group that were not vaccinated, when you pull it up here, it so shows that it was in ages 10 to 14, the mortality rate on unvaccinated children was 0.31. That was the mortality rate in unvaccinated children, 10 to 14. In one-dose vaccinated children, the mortality rate equated to 3.24. Now, again, this is out of 100,000 people, so 3.24. When you go to vaccinated with a booster shot, the mortality rate went up to a shocking 41.29 per 100,000 people. Now, that's a huge jump when you compare unvaccinated at 0.39 out of 100,000 and triple vaxxed at 41.29 out of 100,000. That is a massive, massive increase, especially when you look at the fact that the age group from 10 to 14 is not a massive part of the population, meaning this shot's causing some serious health problems, like we have said repeatedly, and it's very crucial that people understand this. And when you start seeing another vaccination campaign, always ask questions to it about what's happening because there's, again, some strange things going on behind the scenes. And the more you go and the more research you dig into, the more topics you basically start realizing that things are being hidden. Things are starting to get really, really weird with this, and they're doing everything they can to cover it up. For example – even though you're seeing the alleged COVID shot that they're saying is, you know, totally safe and effective and you need to go in and you need to get this shot and everybody needs to be injected still over the NHS, you still look at the fact that when you go on Twitter or you go on uh, Facebook or any of these sites, social media sites, and you even bring up what happened with, you know, COVID deaths or increase in COVID deaths, you literally can't talk about it at all. You can't bring any of it up. As the CDC saying that everything's fine, they won't allow you to speak up about what's actually happening with the biggest vaccination drive in history and how so many deaths are being linked to that. So, again, this is why it's very, very important to do your own research and continue to look at different things with an open perspective. That doesn't mean, you know, everything's complete and total lie. What that does mean is there's a lot of stuff that's heavily manipulated and heavily skewed and pushed as propaganda to try to make you think that certain way. And that's why it is so crucial. You constantly dig down deep. Now, it's also, too, in other news, I thought this was interesting. Remember how they told us for the last, you know, three, four months, the fuel prices were going up because, you know, there's this massive shortage and massive shortage and there was no fuel anywhere. And I kept telling everybody, I said, there may be some slight delays. I said, but there's no way the fuel shortage had that big, a, that there's a fuel shortage just off a beginning phase war that happened in Ukraine. So remember, as soon as it happened, all of a sudden, oh, we're at fuel shortages. I said, no, it's a complete and total lie. I said, what's happened is these massive, massive petroleum uh, manufacturing processing plants and the oil companies are about to make insane amounts of money because the speculators are driving the price up with basically futures. 
And I was 100% right. One of the largest Saudi Arabia-owned companies, Armaco, or Armaco, A-R-A-M-C-O, reported a 90% increase in profits in their second quarter on Sunday. Armaco reported $48.4 billion net income, not gross income, net income for the three-month period ending in June, one of the largest quarterly profits in recorded history of an oil company. The quarterly earning reports were over double from its 25 net income during the same period last year. It's reported this second quarter combined with the first quarter, so basically the first half of the year, excuse me, they netted 80 $7.9 billion, surpassing other major oil companies, including ExxonMobil and Chevron. Now, what's interesting about this is this isn't slowed down. They're continually racking the prices up all across the globe along with all the other companies. This is why I told you guys before. There was no oil shortage. There was No, we can't get oil. The prices are going up because there's no supply. It was complete and total lie, all designed to not only drive the prices up to cause people basically to spend enormous amounts of money and fuel over the beginning phase of the summer to increase massive profits for these companies and, again, push their EV idea that is completely and totally on the floor still when it comes to real-world functionality. I saw another article earlier here talking about Tesla. They're having a problem now because basically their car is running into children when it's going on its automated thing and testing. You know, with test kids that pop up, not real children, but basically test dummies that come up. Tesla's still running into kids with their automated platform. It's not functioning properly still. But yet, oh, everybody needs to buy one of these cars because, you know, it's totally safe to get an EV because, you know, they're going to be the next brightest thing and save everybody and save the planet. It's a complete and total sham. And then I looked earlier, the article that they came up with, with this bill, this section of the bill, that talks about how, you know, in this uh, inflationary bill, they are talking about how they're going to come in and they're going to give all this money to people that essentially buy these electric vehicles. And what's interesting about it is now is complete and total lie. When you actually look at the numbers on it, they show here that majority of the cars that are on the market aren't even going to be eligible to get the rebate. Because majority of the cars don't have all of their battery parts made in the United States. They're almost all out of country. And so they're looking at it, and majority of these cars, I think there's only like 20 cars on the market that are going to be eligible for this like $7,000 rebate if you buy an EV car. And then as parts become more and more outside of the U.S., the rebate gets lower and lower. And they said the average car in the price range that it's actually available for, it's only going to be like a $3,000 rebate on these cars which is going to be minimal at best on a $60,000, $70,000 vehicle. So again, more lies on the Inflationary Reduction Act, a complete and total sham designed to basically transform more wealth to the global companies that are running the show on this. So thought that was interesting enough, but I just want to let you guys know there was no global shortage of oil that they were lying to everybody about. These companies were just making record profits, which is, again, what we knew what was happening, but again, of course, you can't believe anything on the mainstream media. What do you think, then? It's always the companies making record profits. It's always Vanguard, State Street, and BlackRock manipulating everything, and the people at Wall Street who are basically shorting and longing and you know and, and selling and making two or three or four percent, and they go through sixty or seventy or eighty different trades. 
uh, before it gets to the market, and it just pushes it up, pushes it up, pushes it up against the financial sector that has done this. And this, I remember back when George W. Bush was president, the fuel prices spiked so high. You know, I got very aggravated at it because I was having to fill my RV up. You know, fuel was like $5 a gallon. I couldn't believe it. A 150-gallon tank was like $750. This was like, you know, 15 years ago. And I was shocked that this was happening. And then I finally began to realize that George Bush wasn't in control of this. I thought, well, maybe he should sign an executive order and make them so you can't speculate on fuel oil prices. We can't do that because he's not in control. The international banking cartels run everything. And once you understand that, it starts to make more sense. And remember, all of this is being used to extract as much money as they possibly can from the slaves. Oh, that would be uh, you and me, by the way, unless you've got a ticket to an underground base. So you'd be in that category. And this is the problem that we have right now. We, we're in a situation where we've got a group of people, a small group, about 200,000 on the planet, that are controlling all of the finances and all of the, you know, how should I say, the, 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 the things that are occurring to all of us. They're controlling the COVID. They're controlling the finance. They're controlling the fuel oil prices. They're controlling the narrative. They control Big Pharma. They control the media. And when you get it and you finally see it, it's you know kind of hard not to really talk about it unless you just don't want to be part involved in it. And, and, it, and it's frustrating to me. I mean, it really, really is because, I mean – uh, you know, I was uh, I drove up to Atlanta this week. Uh, I would, actually I drove up on Friday and came back yesterday. Long trip, by the way, it was like seven hours in the car. We broke it up on Friday to three hours and three and a half hours, whatever it was. Uh, and that was okay. And uh, then we, uh, we came back and went to uh, Dr. Mark Rutland's Global Servants. A guy I used to call it Gala. I guess it, you know it was a really nice thing. It was a, it was a, it was a fundraiser is what it was for Global Servants. It was very very nice. We had a good time. We actually went to uh, the Atlanta Brave Stadium. I saw the World Series trophy from 19 or from 2021. Got to take a picture with it. I think Shira's posting that on, on her Instagram page. And so it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. But the reality is, is that, you know, we have to come back to reality when we leave something like that. We have to come back to the news and all the things that are going on. And, you know, and I, I started really doing some deep research this morning and I started realizing, you know, like Austin did, you know, we basically have a really, really big problem right now about lying to us i mean and this isn't something that just happened it's it's happening all of the time look also just talked about it the uk government's data now shows that the covid related vaccinated children are 4,443 times more likely to die of any cause and 13,633 times more likely to die of covid than unvaccinated children I mean, the government database is revealing a 10,000% increase in cancer reports due to COVID vaccines. And we have nine more orchestrated pandemics that are planned for the next 10 years. Nine more, guys. And will the people ever catch on? You know, we've got to ask ourselves a question. Are people ever going to see what's really happening? Yesterday, we stopped at a rest area on the way home in Florida, and we decided to, you know, take a break and just kind of just chill out. I was going to share and drive for a little while. and. There was a lady standing there at the rest area talking to her, looked like her mother, and she was holding a five-month little baby girl. And the little baby girl was absolutely beautiful. I mean, so innocent. They're so innocent at this age. That's why Jesus defended them so much. And, and I looked at the little girl, and I, I, I stopped for a second. I told the mother how beautiful the little girl is. And I asked her, I said, very simply, I said, are you going to give this baby, you know, when she turns six months old, are you going to give her the COVID vaccination? And she looked at me, she was, absolutely, Yes. And I'm like, whoa. And so I knew at that point I couldn't engage her any further because she already got defensive and got angry. And I thought, wow, this must not be the first time she's been asked that question or, or she's never thought about the question. But I thought to myself, how sad it is for that little baby girl with these huge 
increases in death and myocarditis and pericarditis. And that little girl made later, God forbid it would happen, screaming and crying and unable to talk to her mom because her heart's hurting so bad. I mean, it's just, it just boggles my mind that parents can't think through this. But this is the same problem that I had back in the 80s. You know, when Austin was born back in 88, and Sharon and I had done a bunch of research on vaccinations before he was born, and we had decided that we were never going to vaccinate our children. I had read Dr. Mendelssohn's book, Confessions of a Medical Heretic, brilliant, brilliant man, and then he wrote another book on how to raise a healthy child in spite of your pediatrician. We'd read those, and in both books, he emphasized the importance of not vaccinating your children. And, of course, he died very young. Surprise, surprise. from unknown causes, I guess. I never could find out how he died because we didn't have the Internet back in the, you know, in the early, in the late 80s, early 90s. When, I think it was the early 80s when he died. And he was getting all, he's on the talk show circuit with all of his books. That's before they started really, really, really regulating the content on TV and radio talk shows. And I did the same thing. I was on all kinds of talk shows, sometimes up to 40 shows a week back in the 80s. And suddenly, when Clinton deregulated the industry of the radio and the TV and these big companies like State Rock, BlackRock, and Vanguard could come in and buy up every single station in the market, they were able to cause complete and total just censorship of the news. And, and so I, but I realized at that point, though, that I had already made a decision that we were never going to vaccinate. And then I wrote that book, the, the book that I had written on called Maximum Solutions to ADD, Autism, and Learning Disabilities in Children. And I wrote that book. And, and it tied back to smoking guns with the vaccines with all of these learning disabilities we're having. Now we're having all of these same problems with little children being injected. And this will go on to the shop schedule. I'm telling you guys that. The FDA has been bought and paid for by Big Pharma. It will go on to the FDA shop schedule for children and for infants. And they're going to be getting these automatically mandatory just go to the schools unless you get a religious waiver for this. And that's why homeschool groups are exploding all over the country. And people are homeschooling their children all over the country because they don't want to be part of that medical pharmaceutical complex anymore because they realize there's all kinds of problems associated with this stuff. But we're going to have to understand something, too. The justice system is not going to protect us. It's not going to. I'm just going to let you know. They put Dr. Simon Gold in prison. She was the head of that forefront for doctors. She started that. And, uh, you know, you know, why did they put her in prison? They put her in prison because she entered the Capitol building on January the 6th. They have persecuted the doctors and the scientists who have told the truth. Why are they doing that? What we're witnessing in our time is fake news broadcast by a media serving as a propaganda ministry for the CIA and the Mossad and the CIS, you know, for tyranny, replacing scientific facts and evidence with lies that the public lacks the education to penetrate. And the public doesn't lack the education by accident. It was done on purpose to dumb down the population of the planet if they entered the public school systems. This started back in the 60s. Let me give you a perfect example. When I was in sixth grade, we had a school teacher that was an unbelievable liberal, and uh, she was the absolute worst teacher I've ever encountered in my entire life in all the years of college that I had. And we learned absolutely nothing in sixth grade, nothing. That means no math, no English, no anything. Nothing was taught. Nothing was learned. And by the grace of God, that teacher only taught one year and didn't subject anybody else to this unbelievably horrible teaching inability that she had. And then when I went into seventh grade, I had another teacher for math that was absolutely horrible, didn't teach us anything. And I thought, well, that's that's really, really nice. And, and by the time I got to 10th grade, I had another teacher who basically didn't teach us anything when I took geometry. It was, it was horrible. So I had three years of my 12 years of education in high school that I was taught absolutely zero math skills. 
And that came, that came back to bite me when I got into college and got into chemistry, which is pretty much all math. And I thought, wow, this shouldn't be this hard. And then I remember I had a few kids in my class in general chemistry and organic chemistry, and they were like saying, this is hard for you. And I was like, well, yeah. And they said, well, your math is hurting. And I said, I know. I, I missed three years of it. And they said, well, we went to these private schools, and this is simple for us. We did all of this stuff in high school. And I'm like, I'm sure missed out on that. Because remember, in 12th grade, I was supposed to take advanced math and calculus, et cetera, pre-calculus. But my math, my math skills were so weak at that point that I didn't do it. Now, I got through calculus and all that stuff because I just bit down on it and really got through it, got through the chemistry, got all that stuff through in college. But I had to relearn a lot of the stuff that I didn't learn. That's the problem that we run into. There are many teachers out there that are functionally illiterate. I'm not kidding you. They've been hired in their teaching positions many times because affirmative action. I hate to say that, but it's true. But it's also a problem with white teachers and as I mentioned, black teachers or Hispanic teachers or, or minority teachers, they simply don't have the skill sets that are needed in order to be able to teach properly. So what they end up doing is passing these kids with D's, and they get through. And there were, there were a lot of kids in college, the same thing that happened to me when I was a college professor. A lot of the kids that were in my classrooms couldn't answer short answer essays. And you think, what do you mean they couldn't answer them? They just left them blank. They couldn't construct sentences. A lot of them would leave true-false questions blank. I, I'm not joking. If finally I had to get in front of the class and I had to say, okay, let me teach you about percentages. Let me teach you what 50-50 means. If you take a test that's true-false and you leave it blank, I mean, I had to go through this. At least if you answer, this, if you just put something down, 50% of the time you're going to get something right. Just if you put true on everything, most of the time, statistically, you'll get half of them right. I said, don't just leave them blank. But they were that poorly educated guys and i was teaching back in 1981 and 1982 at the at, the, uh, at tallahassee community college as a professor up there for two years i couldn't believe how bad they had been dumbed down now guys that was over 40 years ago and it's much much worse now and that's how the educational system has dumbed people down and it's been done on purpose so they cannot know the truth like that's you know they, you know the scientific facts they can't get through they can't get it through their heads the voices of the experts are being discredited by the ignorant media whores. You know, Dr. Simon Gold told the truth. I mean, she got a JD degree and an MD degree. And this is exactly what's happening. We're having the triumph of lies over truth, the top triumph of tyranny over freedom. And guys, this is the story of our time, isn't it? That's why I say the only hope we have is to keep our hearts and minds in Christ. And we've got to understand this, 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 the justice is not going to come from the legal system, but <clears throat> The masses are going to have to come together and say we won't put up with this anymore, and we're going to have to we're going to have to vote in mass. Which, remember, they don't know what to do with all the local county elections. They don't have the technology to go into every single precinct, in every single city, every single county, every single state, and hack the elections. They don't have the ability to do that. That's one of the reasons that when Austin was just talking about how the CDC is relaxing the guidelines right now. They're doing that to get more Democratic people to vote for Biden and the Democratic and over-Republican candidates. That's what they're doing. In all the little elections in the states and the cities and the counties, they want to keep more Democrats in. And that's why they're releasing, in my opinion, they're releasing these guidelines and these statistics. But they have 10 more things that they're planning on doing according to the research that's being done. You know, you know, they're they're basically telling us now that we don't have to socially distance anymore, we don't have to wear masks anymore, we don't have to do testing anymore. But if we have ten more pandemics that are being planned, ten more that are going to come in with basically more injections, more shots, more lockdowns over the next five to six to seven years, 
That's what they're doing to us. And that's what, and because remember, they're doing what Klaus Schwab tells them to do, and they're going to make it so we no longer have a right to choose. They, they don't want us to have a right to choose. They want us to understand that they're going to tell us what to do, and we're going to own nothing, and we're going to be happy. That's the goal, because it always goes back to those guys. They're the ones that are controlling the purse strings, and they're the ones that are controlling the puppets that are in charge of us right now. Paul Craig Roberts wrote an interesting article. He goes, how Western civilization was erased. And he starts on, he goes on and starts saying that when he was a student, school principals and university administrations were very supportive of teachers. It is now, it was understood that once teachers could be accused by students, learning discipline would break down and control would be lost forever over the grading standards, etc. Now let me stop and say something. When I was a kid, it was the same way. Really, students could never accuse teachers. I mean, the teachers would take you out back in the hallway and they'd put a redwood paddle to you. They'd light you up. And they had permission from your parents to do all of this stuff. So there was a, there was a hierarchy set up. Now that did lead to abuse. I will say that like these teachers that I had that were horrible because the students couldn't complain about them because the students weren't listened to. Right. And there were students that were bad and there were teachers that were bad and they kind of got away with it. But what happened was this. The teacher's life has changed from imparting information and challenging ideas to students into dodging accusations from leftists, feminists, gays, and transgenders. Now, if you don't use the proper pronoun, you can be fired. Now, here's what happened. The slippery slope, according to Paul Craig Roberts, began with the sexual revolution. This, again, is from the Frankfurt School. This is the one that this is the one, the cultural Marxism that was put into the United States. Female students began seducing professors for better grades. Feminists turned this into sexual harassment by teachers as soon as the presence of novels such as Flaubert's Madame Bovary on the reading list became sexual harassment. Next, students found they could be offended by almost everything, and they could always say, I am offended, became a way to control the teacher and the course content. Facts had to be made to fit with these suppositions. Gays found they could find evidence of homophobia in some assignments. Today, gender pronouns are taboo, and males have to be permitted to use female facilities in the competing female sports. This process has gone so far that the mathematics department universities are faced with a charge that mathematics is racist and a tool of white oppression. Areas of science such as genetic-based intelligence have been closed down. They don't want to talk about IQ scores anymore. Histories of the age of exploration of the U.S. Civil War and slavery have been rewritten to fit the desired narratives. Let me give you the perfect example here. When I was in college, there was this real pretty girl. I'm not going to give you her name, but she bragged about seducing college professors. Not joking. No reason to make this stuff up. And she would get her A's, and she would have to go to the class, seduce a professor. She told me personally that she no longer had to go to class, and she'd automatically get an A now. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. But, you know, I guess she was really pretty, and she was able to get away with this. And then we start to understand how all of these things are being used against the college professors to try to destroy what was happening in the educational systems. You know, Now they went after sexual harassment. And, and this thing has made the university systems dysfunctional. It really has. This weekend, I went up to like the, the Atlanta History Museum. It was real close to our hotel up in Atlanta. And I looked at an entire exhibit on the Civil War. And I did. I mean, I, I walked through the entire exhibit. I must admit it was a very, very good exhibit. It actually had wagons that had been used in the Civil War, cannons that had been used in the Civil War, guns and armament used in the Civil War. And it was probably one of the best museums I've ever seen. But the information on the walls was a bunch of lies and propaganda. 
they never said that states' rights was the primary issue of the Civil War. They said that basically that was a conspiracy theory, that was a myth, and that basically it was used by the Southerners to justify what had happened during the war after the war was over with. I, I'm not kidding you. And I sat there, and I got so aggravated. I looked at Sharon, and I said, this is aggravating. I said, at least they could put down both sides of the story and let the listener who's reading this information decide rather than automatic classifying this as a myth. Slavery was an issue in the Civil War. There is no doubt about that. But the Emancipation Proclamation, like Austin said last week, it only freed the slaves in the South. And we had black slave owners. We We had Irish slaves. We had white slaves. It wasn't an issue that was endemic to only black people in the United States in the South that were in slavery. It wasn't that. The Kabbalist Luciferian sect out of England are the ones that were running the slave trade. We've got to get that. But this whole thing was about slavery. This whole exhibit was about slavery. And it talked about Sherman's march to the sea, and they justified it. They justified how Lincoln had said the, the, the republic must be maintained. And we, we, But what they didn't say was this. If you don't come back into the United States and you guys want to succeed, we're going to kill you all. They didn't say that. They didn't talk about states' rights. They didn't talk about succession. It was not banned by the Constitution. None of it. The whole thing was just a bunch of lies to promote the agenda that they've been telling us about. And you think back and you go, why would it be that way? It's such an expensive exhibit because they've got to maintain the narrative. They don't want a population capable of critical thinking. They don't want that. And, you know, here's the other – he goes on to say that universities have become dysfunctional. The majority of the budget is eaten up by administrators. There's a president whose job is fundraising. That's true. Vice presidents, fundraising. Provost, many of them fundraising. Assistant provost, deans, associate deans, assistant deans, and compliance officers monitor course content. Offenses, grievances, sexual abuse, racism, and counselors who attend to the feelings of those trained to be highly sensitive. And then he said something I had to look up. I had to look this one up. A few years ago, university was a wonderful experience. Today, it is Kafkaesque. And I thought, okay, Paul Craig Roberts, you've done it again. You've used the vocabulary word Kafkaesque that I've never heard of. This is from a guy in the 1800s who basically wrote all of these weird novels, and they were like a nightmare. They were like, you know, you were in a situation that was a no-win situation. You couldn't get out of it. You've all had nightmares like that. You wake up and you're thinking, oh, thank God I woke up from this nightmare. That was awful. I mean, I've had nightmares so bad that rather than go back to sleep and step back into the nightmare over my over the last 67, 60 years, 70 years, I've gone into the other room and just sat up and watched TV. I thought, I'm not going to go back into that one again. That's what he's saying that the university systems have become. They've become Kafkaesque. A reality that's so surreal is like living in a nightmare. So that's a new, vac- new vocabulary word that I've got. So if you hear me use that again, I just know what it means. It means a surreal nightmare that you can't wake up from. Universities no longer fulfill the role of passing on the culture and values of a country and civilization. The positive affirmations that maintain the bonds that held the country together have been destroyed by influences that have taken over education. Today, education is a form of brainwashing and amounts to indoctrination against one's history and one's own culture. It is now possible to graduate with a degree in English literature and never have read Shakespeare. John Donne is an unknown figure. One consequence is that recent graduates cannot read the classical literature because they are unfamiliar with the values, the metaphors, and the morality of prior times. And this has happened to us everywhere in the United States in the school systems. That's why it's so important that Austin – that's why Austin and I went to the school boards. You know, Remember, we don't have any kids in the public school. We homeschool all of our kids. Austin's homeschooling his children. 
But we still went to the school board to be heard. And I talked at that school board about the Frankfurt School. I talked about cultural Marxism. I talked about racism. I talked about, you know, critical race theory and all the other junk. I, in my 180 seconds, I covered a lot of stuff. And I told them all that I had been a college professor for years and I was unaware of all of the stuff that crept into the university systems even 40 years ago. And I tried to explain to them in such a way that they would listen and take notes, but not one of them took notes on what I was saying. Of course, the video was part, posted by Michael Barrett and was taken down within, I think, seven minutes off of YouTube. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, and then you begin to realize that, you know, when you're blackballed on YouTube, you're blackballed on YouTube. It doesn't matter what kind of content you put out if your name's on it. But then Michael went in and basically came in and basically told YouTube that you can't take this down because it's also included, included in the entire content of the meeting from the school board. They were still posted up on that. They didn't edit it. And so that YouTube reluctantly agreed to put it back up. But, of course, the momentum had already stopped because it would have gone viral with tens of millions of views, in my opinion. But it didn't, I couldn't get the, we couldn't get the traction going again. But the sad part about all of this stuff is this is the problem that we have when we allow a Kabbalist, Luciferian dictate to come into our school systems and destroy the culture of the United States. And I'm not saying that all white people are good people. I'm not saying that all black people are good people. I'm not saying that all Hispanic people are good people. We have good and bad in all the races. They're all Jewish people or all Christians or anything else. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying that the American population should be given both sides of the narrative and let them decide for themselves what the truth is. That's what I'm saying. But that's not something that we're capable of doing anymore. And, you know, and that's why with Austin, we basically you know, homeschooled him the entire time. That's why you listen to Austin speak now at the age of 34 on this show He's not giving you the lies of the narrative of the media. He's telling you the truth. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. I thought Paul Craig Roberts had done a great job on that. And there's increased in desk risks from these children now from the vaccines. Even if I had told that lady at the rest area what the truth was, she wasn't going to listen to anything I said. She was already angry that I'd ask her a question like that over her five-month-old little daughter. Isn't that sad? that people are that way about their children. When you ask them a simple question, they get defensive immediately. Now, mind you, she didn't know who I was. She didn't know I had a podcast. I probably could have gone up to her and if I hadn't been in a hurry and, and said, look, I have a podcast. Do you mind if I interview you about your daughter? And I, she probably, I probably could have done it that way. But, guys, it would have had the same result. Some people, you can't change their opinion no matter what you say to them or what the facts are. Uh, yesterday I was talking to another medical doctor friend of mine. And she told me she gets so tired of giving people more and more and more literature on the dangers of vaccines, including the risks of autism. I told you that story about the the pastor over in Tampa who had a son who went to off to Bible school and got all his vaccines and the baby baby. He had not been vaccinated at all. The kid's just stupid. All right. His dad, dad had talked to him about how bad vaccines were was his entire life. He went and got all the vaccines when he went off to Bible school. And the crazy part about it is that the father asked me to send him literature on vaccines and how dangerous they were. And I sent him 600 articles on it, 600 articles. I went to Green Med Info. You can do this yourself. Go to Green Med Info, type in vaccine dangers, and you'll get like 600, 300, 400, 500 articles giving you the scientific research, peer-reviewed papers, and peer-reviewed journals that tell you the dangers associated with autism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, with vaccines. And I sent him the 600 articles. And he texts me back and says, can you send me some more? Like the idiot had, run, had read the entire 600 I'd already sent him. It doesn't make any difference. If they've chosen to do a certain type of behavioral pattern based upon either pressure from their wife or pressure from their in-laws or pressure from their family or just because they're stupid, they're not going to change if you send them 600 articles. If I had sent them another 600 articles, it wouldn't have made any difference. And that's sad to me. It really, really is because you can't fix stupid. 
It's like Forrest Gump said, stupid is as stupid does. And you can't get everybody to listen, and I've learned that. And that's why I'm willing to walk away from people when they don't listen and when they get immediately defensive when I'm talking to them. I had multiple people that I talked to at the meeting the other night. I I spoke with Paul and and Ray and Steve. We had them at our table, and I was talking to them, and I believe they're all going to – they all want to start listening to the talk show. And because I'm out there telling people the truth, even at the meeting. On on the meeting on Saturday night, I talked about I'm the president. I talked about the Kabbalah, the God of Kabbalah, and who these guys are and why they're pushing transgenderism. And so I was able to hopefully give some information to the people to make them start thinking. But they were all pretty, pretty responsive as far as listening to what I was talking about at, you know, at this meeting with global servants. But guys, listen to me. It's so important. Throw your seed out there. You can do that. It's okay. But remember, some of it's going to go on thorny ground. Some of it's going to go on shallow ground. Some of the times the birds are going to pick it up and eat it. Not everybody's going to listen and not all the seed's going to grow. But you got to find the good soil that's going to grow. Like you guys are great soil. That's why I sow into you guys every day. And I pray for you guys every single day. And that's why you guys support Health Masters financially and pray for the show. It means the world to me. We've got to find relationships that are reciprocal. That's why I appreciate you guys so much. I love you guys. Austin, go ahead. Go ahead. Take over, bud. Well, what we've seen now, and this has happened over decades of time, but it's come very more prevalent in the last, I would say, probably 10 to 15 years because social media and the mainstream media news has become so prevalent and doing everything they can to propagandize every aspect of any news that comes out. And we're kind of seeing people suffer from this TV brain syndrome, so to speak, where, I mean, the the media is their religion. You know, it's their God. That's what they focus on. That's all they look at. That's everything they listen to. The TV is essentially their church. They get home and have church at 6 o'clock at night, and they watch their CNN news for an hour. And the anchors and the actors and the media and everything, all the people that are involved, those are basically their, their priests. And the propaganda and the, the continual lies is basically their, their Bible verses. This is what's happened, guys. I mean, it, it's very evident because that's why you talk to some people like that said. You bring up some stuff to certain people. And, I mean, it's like absolutely not – they will not even have a conversation with you about it. Not even if you're trying to sit there and debate. You simply ask them questions about it, and they immediately, immediately start popping off and become all bristled up. And you're like, oh, wow, this – this obviously is going to go nowhere. Like that's a yes. Are you going to you're going to vaccinate your child when you turn six months old? Absolutely. Like basically, why would you even ask me that question? It's just moronic for you to think I wouldn't even do it. I'm asking you a question, but this and they've made this topic so difficult to talk about intentionally. They've made it such a divisive topic. I mean, think about it for a second, guys. I mean, we had we had the mainstream media getting on television. And telling people over and over and over and over again that if you don't get the shot, you are basically a grandma killer. You had CNN getting on telling on television, telling anybody that didn't get the shot, basically, they weren't patriotic Americans. They didn't deserve to be in society. You guys heard the propaganda. I brought it up here on me most of the time. We even played you know, snippets from it. Flat out that that queer Don Lemon on CNN coming out saying you don't you don't really belong in society if you're not going to get vaccinated you should get your vaccine. You had the bumbling buffoon get on national television in December last year 2021 and say, well, this is going to be a cold dark winter for those to decide not to get injected. Do not get the vaccine. Well, now, the CDC literally just said this weekend. This is verbatim again. Like I said, what they said. 
COVID prevention, prevention recommendation, recommendations no longer differentiates based on person's vaccination status because breakthrough infections occur and persons who have COVID-19 but are not vaccinated have degree of protection against severe illness from their previous infection. So wait a minute. What, what, what do you guys remember? Don't, don't, does anybody remember when they said it does not matter if you have already been infected with COVID and you have natural immunity? Does not matter. You still have to get the shot if you want to keep this job. You remember that conversation? Oh, I do. I remember people emailing me. I remember people calling me up almost in tears. Dude, I don't know what to do, Austin. I'm, I'm literally being told I'm going to be terminated. I have antibodies. I have tests showing I have antibodies. The job doesn't care. Said so if I don't get the shot, I'm terminated. Okay, we'll work on a religious exemption then. If this is where this is going to go, I remember I dealt with all that firsthand. So don't insult me, CDC, and come out with this absolute reverse flip flop propaganda. Say, well, there's no differentiation anymore. That's it's fine. It's all everything's totally back to normal. Everything's fine. Don't remember anything we talked about. Don't remember anything we said. Don't remember all the derogatory comments telling you that you didn't belong in society if you didn't get the shot. Everything's normal now. Why are they doing that? My personal opinion, I think they're doing it to calm down the negative media that's coming out now about what's happening with the continual shot deaths that are happening. I think they're trying to kind of play the card until they get this new shot out there and they can come up with their new scare tactics for the next virus or next mutation or next um, you know variant, whatever stupid thing they want to come out with next and tell everybody you got to get this shot. They're long from done, but they're trying to give everybody this break right now to get people focused off this off the VAERS report, off the children that are coming down with severe myocarditis when they're one and two and three years old now, that's on the VAERS report that's showing up almost every week. I'm getting new updates on it. It's insanity how many side effects are showing up to these young children. And that's the stuff that the parents know about. They're taking them back in because the children basically are having these meltdowns and having severe side effects. Like I said before, how does a six-month-old tell you they're having heart pains? Hmm? Myocarditis and pericarditis is extremely painful. How child supposed to tell you that on heart pains? Hmm? Chest pains? They scream. That's all they do. They just scream, 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 scream. They don't stop. How do you know what's going on with them? Take the doctor. Oh, this is normal, normal side effect of the shot. Sometimes they get, you know, a little bit of, little bit of, a uh, little bit of inflammation. They'll, they'll, they'll be fine. Now, my question is, and I've said this to nobody, still nobody, even people that are pro shot, nobody's been able to answer this question to me. How does anybody know what the RNA gene therapy shot is going to do in conjunction with the other seven shots the CDC tells them to get at six months old? Hmm? That's a million-dollar question. RNA shots have never been tested with other injections. So what happens when you mix it with the DTaP vaccine, when you mix it basically with the hepatitis vaccine, all these other shots that they tell them to get at six months and then at a year and then at two years? Well, they're, they're just going to jam the RNA one, and there's just another shot added on top of it. What's it going to do when you compile all that inflammation at once? Piles and piles and piles of mercury, well, especially the aluminum. Now, a lot of those shots have had mercury moved out of them. They're still loaded with aluminum. I mean, they all have aluminum in them now. You look at all of them. I even told you guys, one of my listeners came over, and he brought me one of the vitamin K injections that they tell all the children they have to have vitamin K. Why do you have to have vitamin K if you're taking proper prenatals? There's a reason why we use high-dose, high-quality vitamin K in our prenatal formula. Because the mother is building the baby, meaning the baby's getting vitamin K when the mom makes it. Imagine that concept. So why are you going to give your baby a vitamin K shot? And he brought me the ampule right here. The doctor let him take home. And it says right here on the back of it, contains no more than 100 mechagrams of aluminum. 
And a vitamin K shot. Really? So you got a baby that just came out of the womb. Just came out. Oh, we need to give him a vitamin K shot right now. It's for his health. It's for his safety. You know, we're doing it for vitamin K, for, for blood clotting. All right. So what about the hepatitis one? Oh, we're doing that one as a preventative measure. But nobody's tested positive for hep. Well, you know, we just, we just recommend it. Really? Hepatitis B, right when they come out of the womb? It's designed to train you to say yes, to consent to shots every time they bring it up. That's why they do it right when your emotions are high. You, I've, I've had two kids. I've been involved, directly involved in both births, did it on a midwife. I can tell you, after the baby's born, it's a very it's – a, it's a sobering event, but it's a very lucid event. It's very euphoric. I mean, you just you, your wife just had a child. I know for the mom, it's even crazier, and it's 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 changed your life, especially the first one. And you're like, wow. And you know, the, the ladies are there and they're helping with her and everything. They're telling you what to do. And you you this, you're, this is new to you. You've never been there. Never done this before. This is all new. Every every second's new to you. And you're like, okay, what do we do? So make sure the baby's safe. Your primary goal, your primary objective at that point in time is making sure the mother is safe and the child is safe. Period. You're not thinking about anything else in the world right now. That's it. That's your primary goal. Well, and the doctor comes and says, hey, we got to give him a vitamin K shot right now. You go, whoa, 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 whoa. what's going on? We got to give him a vitamin K shot. We're going to make sure he doesn't start having any blood, blood clotting issues. Uh, okay, well, are, are you sure? He, he, he's got to get the shot. He's got to get the shot. Sign this real quick. He's a vitamin K shot. Oh, okay, he'll get a vitamin K shot. Oh, and by the way, he probably needs hep B shot too. Well, is, is somebody infected with hepatitis B? I don't have hep B. She doesn't have hep B. Why, why does he need hep B? It doesn't matter. You need to give him the hep B shot. It's for his protection. Do you want to protect your child right now? Well, yeah, I want to protect him. He gets the shot now. Okay, okay, okay just give him the shot. I, don't, I, don't, I want him to be healthy. I want him to be safe. That's what they do to you guys. They do it very, very, very effectively. And then bam, bam, bam. All of a sudden you're like, okay, okay, he's good now. And all of a sudden you don't realize you just started this cascading series of events right now. Now you bring him back in to the pediatrician. The pediatrician goes, oh, I see he had his vitamin K and his, uh, his hep shot. Very good. I'm glad you're smart. I'm glad you're educated, sir. I'm really glad you guys chose to do this. Uh, we need to give him seven more shots now. You know, dude, he's six months old. He's really healthy. He's doing great. Well, yeah, but you know, you already did this already. You, you guys are making the right choice. You, you don't want him. You don't want to start going down this road. You start turning into conspiracy theory, anti-vaxxer. You already know what happens with this. You don't want your child to die, do you? I know. I don't. I don't want my child to die. Okay. Okay. That's good. You're making the right choice. You're really smart. I'm really proud of you guys. Let's go ahead and get this shot in right now. People go, okay. Now, they base all of this fear porn and they base all the psychological invasion on you based on your negligence to build any knowledge and any research of what's happening. Now, all of a sudden, when they go for this and they go, well, you need to get the shot right now. And you go, whoa, 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 whoa. Vitamin K shot's got 100 micrograms of aluminum in it, bud, and nobody here is hep positive. So I'm not getting either one of these shots. Now, all of a sudden, you're a problem. Now, all of a sudden, you're asking questions and you're not complying like a peasant. Now, all of a sudden, you're not allowing your child to be wrapped up into the medical industrial complex of having repeated injections, 76 to be exact. Actually, they're 78 now by the time they're 18 years old. You're now questioning the narrative, and you no longer are going to be buying into the, I need to keep injecting my child and take him to the pediatrician every six months to make sure he stays sick. I can't tell you how many times I've watched children, people I know, friends I know, that have had kids that have been very healthy, no problems. Boom, they get the shot. Oh, they got hand, foot, and mouth or whatever. Uh, you know, oh, gosh, he's got ear infection again. Oh, he's got adenoids but infections again. Oh, his tonsils are swollen. 
Now talk to me. Yeah, he's got to put tubes. They got to do tubes in the ear. They got to remove the tonsils and they got to remove the adenoids. Those three things are the main product that actually happens that I've seen on a regular basis almost every time we start seeing severe infections after the injection. And why does that happen? Massive inflammatory response to the immune system. The child's immune system was never designed to have these injections and all these diseases injected and thrusted into them at one point in time. Never designed. God never designed this at all. So they start having this massive infl- inflammation with immunity response. Adenoids are swollen. Ears are swollen up. There's a reason why it's ENT, ear, nose, and throat. They start having all these health problems. Oh, what's the best option? We need to give him another shot. His immune system, he's having problems with the immune system. Get us another shot. Then we're going to get him to remove his adenoids and his tonsils. I have watched this so many times, and I've pleaded with parents to stop doing it. Stop giving them these injections and stop allowing them to remove organs out of their body. They didn't – they weren't born with their tonsils in bad shape. They weren't born with bad adenoids. Newsflash. It doesn't happen until they start getting injected. I have never seen – and this is my opinion from my research. That's just it. I have never seen a child – come down with severe issues with tonsils and adenoids and ear infections back to back to back and have zero injections. Never seen it, not one time. Occasionally you get a child may get an ear infection, they get water in the ear from the pool or something like that. That's about the extent of it. I have never had to see those three things constantly occur like I've seen in vaccinated children. Yet, they'll tell you, it's for the safety and protection of these children. My friends, that is the biggest lie. If you don't believe me, please do your own research on this topic. Now, I know this show is probably going to get a few people flustered today because I know some people still have bought into that lie. and They've gone along with it. That doesn't mean you have to keep going along with the lie. That's the thing I've encouraged parents about that maybe have done this or their kids have gotten it or they've gotten the COVID shot. Everybody makes mistakes. The biggest thing is you don't make the same mistake over and over and over again. That's the biggest factor. People slip up. People are going to screw up sometimes. You're going to fall back. You're going to do something you didn't know about, especially if you didn't know anything about it. If you're ignorant on the topic, you simply don't have it. Your knowledge isn't there. Okay, that's, 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 you know, this will give you a little bit. But once you start figuring it out, you got to start making some changes. That's why I've encouraged so many parents to continue to keep their children strong going into this new school year. You know, my son went to the uh, – uh, homeschool co-op today with all the classes and all the kids. They got a ton of kids this year. It's exploded. The whole group's exploded in size. You know, last year, Hunter was in kindergarten, and I think there were six kids in his class. That same class now, I think there's 12 kids in it. It's literally doubled in one year. It's doubled. That's enormous amount of growth in a small homeschool co-op now. And the cl- all the classes have been expanding rapidly. And all these parents and Christian parents are like, dude, we had enough. And a lot of it was exactly what Dad said. The, the Polk County School Board really, really just – they put their foot in their mouth with that whole mask mandate. And they made themselves look like complete and total morons, especially when you have to have dozens and dozens and dozens of parents show up to chew you out because you're not listening to them when you're the ones that are educating their children That's and they're right. telling you we don't want it. you got to be either really, really stupid or a really devout communist. There is nothing in between with that, guys. And the school board, I think, in Polk County realized real fast that they're about to get ousted here at the end of the month with everybody that's going in to vote them. What do you think, Dad? Uh, we're voting against every one of them that pushed it. I mean, all of them. They need to go. Yeah. I mean, it's just a bunch of communists. And I, I told them all that. They're a bunch of Frankfurt School wannabes. I mean, it's awful what happened to the school board. And it's, it's, it was terrible that we were like the only guys that were there and everybody else was women and all the men didn't show up. And ladies, I commend you. You know, I applaud you. I think it's wonderful that you showed up. But guys, where are you? I don't like speaking in front of a group. All right, look, here's how you do it. You get a statement and you print it. You write it out. 
print it in double space, big plots. You can read it, and you go in front of the group, and you just read your statement. That's all you got to do. You don't have to just speak. You just read your statement. At least show up and be present for that. It's really important that men get involved in all of this stuff. Well, I got good news out of New Mexico. I mean, this is pretty actually actually out of Arizona. Uh, Governor Doug Ducey is building a $6 million border wall using shipping containers and barbed wire. Arizona spans more than 370 miles of the U.S.-Mexico border and has seen 430,000 migrants come through and detain this year, 2022. Republican Governor Doug Ducey, who's running for re-election in November, announced he is building a makeshift border wall using 60 shipping containers to close three gaps using double-stacked shipping containers topped with razor wire. How sad it is we're going to do this for our country, isn't it? Because the federal government's not doing it. The move by Arizona has come with, without explicit permission on the federal land, despite Homeland Security. Alexander Mayorius authorized completion of the project near the Morals Dam in July. Ducey is using $6 million for the project out of a $335 million budget the legislature authorized in July, June to construct virtual or physical fencing along the border with Mexico. Guys, if a country doesn't have good borders, it can't maintain the country, period. By the way, citizen-on-citizen surveillance now, all of the data that Amazon's Ring cameras are collecting on you. Amazon splashed out more than a billion dollars for Ring video doorbells in 2018. Its security products exploded in popularity. Ring shares video and data with thousands of police departments helping expand and normalize suburban valence. It is vulnerable to hacks. So if you want everything and everyone who comes to your house given over to the police department, uses Ring cameras. By the way, the WHO is renewing push for the global pandemic 3d as the world bank here we go again klaus schwab creates a one billion dollar fund to force vaccine passports told you what ending they got nine more pandemics on the way the world health organization is moving ahead with plans to enact a new international pandemic treaty despite objections to the plan the who director general may already declare a public health emergency in any country without the consent of that country's government hear that without the consent of the country's government. Tell you what, guys, this group who runs the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, they're coming for you and your kids. Now, another question. Did Amazon buy iRobot company that makes Roomba vacuums to map the inside of your home so the inside of your home along with your furniture and your room layout can be basically stored for who knows what reason? Don't know. By the way, we were posting an article or video of a CPS employee filmed telling a 14-year-old girl in Texas who's in foster care to become a prostitute. To become, I'm sorry, to become a prostitute to further her life goals. <laughs> also, oil executives also mentioned this at the beginning are bragging about record-breaking 90 billion profit dollars in profits as Americans struggle to fill their cars and their vehicles up. But again, these oil companies are owned by Vanguard. Blackrock and State Street, and a Boston Children's Hospital is now telling their patients, and they're touting hysterectomies and other gender-bending surgeries for minors. They're promoting hysterectomies for 10, 12, 14, 15-year-old children. Top-rated up children's hospitals boasting provides gender-affirming hysterectomies that would permanently sterilize young patients. They offer a range of other transgender surgeries, including I'm not going to read this. It's just it's sickening to turn girls into little boys. They're doing this to sterilize the children. They're giving them injections to kill the children. All of this is coming after the children. And may God's judgment be upon them. That's all I can say. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. Thanks for praying for us over the weekend. We prayed for you guys. You guys are absolutely amazing. Thanks for supporting Health Masters. God bless you. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.
Yes, thank you guys again for the support. And last week I told you all with, with school starting and the hustle and bustle, and I know how a lot of people are constantly running around and basically need to make sure they maintain their immune system and their energy and their, their mental clarity with everything. We put together brand new, uh, the ultimate stress control kit. Very simplistic, but yet very effective. Three of my favorite products that I use on a regular basis. And it is the vitamin C with antioxidants. The cortisol buster and the adrenal support. The cortisol buster is loaded with ashwagandha. The adrenal support has different types of mushroom complexes in it along with B vitamins. Very, very, very good formula with those three together out there. I use it on a regular basis. can really help out with mental focus and helps out with stress, especially if you're staying very busy. A lot of mental and physical stress that are happening with the beginning of the school year and current things that may else be going on. Really, really great product kit on sale right there for 10% off on the website. So I threw that up there right now for you guys for the next week to be sure to check it out, to try those out if you want to have a little boost right now with everything that's happening, and especially with the school systems, the school board, and school board, yeah, school board getting voted on, <laughs> also with schools starting back. So thank you again, my friends, for the continued support of Health Masters. Keep fighting and get the truth out there. Every single time you guys can get it out there, it makes a difference. Thank you for supporting the show and forwarding the show. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Enjoy yourselves, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.